Welcome to the Pursuit of Peace podcast. My name is Parul and I am obsessed with everything holistic health and spirituality. I am determined to uplevel my mind, body and spirit to create a life beyond my wildest dreams. I truly believe that we're all looking to create a sense of lasting inner peace through all our pursuits in life. Health, wealth, relationships, spirituality, business, jobs or a college degree. Whatever that might look like for you at the moment, the goal is the same, to find that blissful state, that lasting joy and inner peace. And the intention behind this podcast is to share my quest for inner peace so that might kickstart your journey to discover the source of that true lasting joy and bliss that I feel can only be created from the inside out. Hello everyone, I have a very special guest today and this woman dons a lot of hats. She is a TV host, she's an actress, she's a model and she's a social media influencer. But the reason why I have her here today is because she's also a manifestation coach. Welcome Diana Chambers. Thank you so much for being here and especially at such a short notice and thank you for agreeing to do this. So I'm curious, you are doing so many things. What made you sort of get into manifestation of all the, of all things, you know? Well, I think, well, first off, thank you for having me on today. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah. I have been in the spiritual realm for a while. I think I started my first entry in was reading The Power of Now back in, I want to say like 2013. And so for the last almost decade, I've just been diving into myself. <laughs> and I would say in the last couple of years specifically, I've been very drawn to the alchemy of manifestation. And I work primarily with moms as a coach. Um, although I love that you titled it Manifestation Coach, I don't know if I've necessarily considered myself to be that, but it looks like I am starting to kind of claim a title in that way. Um, but it kind of just happened as a result of being in this spiritual space, to answer your question in short. Okay. And I mean, considering you were already doing so many things, when did you decide that, you know, you're also going to be a coach? I know you're saying that this is a title that you are still sort of getting used to but when did that happen like from all these roles of you know being a tv host and an actress and a model what in your journey made you sort of get into this direction what was that one moment or those series of events wow that's a good question i you know the pandemic is probably the first answer <laughs> okay I feel like I've been coaching my whole life in a way, right? Like not my whole life, but I've been on a journey of being someone who supports others since I was a teenager. Um, and I think that I've always wanted to coach. I, I had an inkling to do it back in 2016. I didn't pull the trigger. And then I, my partner and I separated during the pandemic. I, and I also have a son who's three now. And something about that separation, the pandemic, mm -hmm. restarting my life essentially mm -hmm. for the first time, it feels like I was like, I need to help women 
I need to support women. I need to support moms. And it's beyond storytelling and acting. And, and I love being an artist. It's my first love. But I think there's a greater calling and that is, is kind of what led me to coaching. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a calling that requires the death of the ego and raw honesty with myself at all times, which has been one of the most challenging endeavors I've decided to embark on. So I think that's why I put it off because I knew on some level, I knew what my higher self knew that if I was going to support other people, I would have to also do the work, right? And I don't think I was ready at that time to go, you know, uh, I'm a kid. Uh, I ended a five and a half year relationship. I'm a mother. Um, and I was like, well, what better time <laughs> than now? Yeah, absolutely. I like what you said, you know, death of the ego. And that's a big reason why most of us, even though we feel we are doing the work, we don't really end up going deep because it's highly uncomfortable. So what did that journey look like for you? Another good question. Um, I started, I would say the first event or commitment was participating in a group called MITT. It's Mastery of Transformational Training, similar to Landmark, which is very popular here in the U.S. And I, um, that was the first real confrontation with myself. And that's the way the program's designed, right? That specific container is designed to break you down. And it was the most painful thing I had actually experienced in my life because everything got brought up to the surface. Everything. I remember that I had been sexually assaulted as a child. I, you know, all these things came up that I had pushed away. Obviously, my core traumas, which I already knew about, my parents separating, my dad having a divorce, my issues around worthiness, my issues around abundant, financial abundance, all these things came up then. But I really was just starting to scratch the surface, believe it or not. <laughs> and it wasn't really until this last couple of years after motherhood that it's been like a, like another death, right? That was just the death of becoming a mother because that's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. But because I decided, okay, fine, universe, God, source creator, I will step into this thing that you want me to do. I don't want to do it. I'm not happy about it. Like, I definitely wasn't happy about it, right? But I'm going to do it because you keep putting this on my life, calling on my heart, and I have to do it. Fine. So I would say the last couple of years has just been like, yeah, I've been in the trenches, um, stirring up, bringing up the darkest parts of myself, the ugliest parts of myself, mm-hmm. and transmuting a lot of pain. Wow. That's amazing that you mentioned this because I'm sure you have, women approach you you know as clients or in general in life and I've experienced this as well where people feel that you know doing this work is going to be all rainbows and butterflies until they realize it's not and this was the case for me for many years I thought you know there was something I was doing wrong because I was doing all the meditations and the affirmations but I had just not dug deeper into all these various aspects of my own life, my own healing journey. So what do you say to, to people who, you know, sort of are very resistant 
or feel that, you know, it should always feel good when we're doing this work? What is your take on that? Well, as in life, there isn't always great days. So I think it applies to healing. Every, every day you're in this work isn't going to feel good. And I would, I would argue that, you know, you're really starting to heal <laughs> when you're honest about that fact alone. It's actually quite simple. And as long as you're honest about what life is, right? Which is that life is up and down. Whether you're on a healing journey or not, life is up and down. And most people agree on that. And that's the same thing in this world. It's just what we're doing is we're taking off all the lenses that we've had on our entire life, all the masks, and we're peeling them off one by one. Mm-hmm. And that's what's painful is, mm-hmm. is realizing that it, those are actually not real. That's the pain. Because once those are, once we start to really do the work and remove these masks, masks and heal the pain, what's behind that is actually rainbows and, you know, rainbow-colored ponies and unicorns and, you know, and, and roses. Like, yeah, underneath all that, that shit mm-hmm. is, is a beautiful, beautiful being that is waiting to radiate joy and love mm-hmm. and spread it across the world, right? Like, that is actually what happens. But it's that's after you go to war with yourself mm-hmm. you have to go to war you have to fight yeah yeah I absolutely agree but then how do you hold your vision how do you keep faith when you don't know if what you desire is going to manifest at all and you're going through this pain and you know like I like to call it the cocoon phase when you're not yet your next level you know just like you mentioned there are cycles of death and rebirth and you're still sort of fighting with that old identity of yours so what what keeps you going or what is it that you would advise people or anybody who's listening to this podcast I heard a spiritual leader recently talk about this and I want to make sure don't butcher butcher his name um because I've heard about him but I hadn't necessarily in uh, Bashar, Bashar, do you know Bashar? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Bashar talks about this uh, I, less than ideal state, right? Or an uh, unpreferred state, which I would call what you're saying. The cocoon phase is an unpreferred state where you're, you're manifesting things, you start to manifest little things, you know, a parking spot, someone gives you some money, you know, you get a gift, whatever. You start to understand basic alchemy. And you're like, okay, this is cool. This actually works. It's not, you know, woo-woo. And actually, there's actually a science and a, a reality in attracting the things that I want in my life. But like you said, you're also just now starting this like deeper inner work that it's painful. And some days you all the negative programming and wounds and thoughts come out. What do you do? Mm-hmm. This this less than preferred state requires us to surrender. It requires us to accept what's happening in that moment. Because healing is not about brushing things under the rug. Healing is quite the opposite. Healing is about bringing it all under, all from everything out from under the rug and laying it on top so that we can see it, so that we can observe it, so that we can be aware of it, so that we can heal it. So I think that accepting it, accepting the unpreferred state is number one, because acceptance is everything, right, in life. Mm-hmm. So accepting it. Then two, I think it's surrender, right? Acceptance and surrender go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And third is also doing nothing. Sometimes letting go of, oh, I have to be where I need to be. Oh, I need to be at this place because I'm in the healing work. Oh, 
I didn't attract my soulmate yet. I don't have my perfect job. What do I do? Well, you do nothing. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that's the lesson I'm currently still in every day because the work never stops. Mm-hmm. And when you have a nut, when you have a spiral or when you have a breakdown, what do you do then? Because that's the question, right? Mm-hmm. You extend yourself. You extend yourself so much love and compassion because would you not do that for someone that you love? If someone you love called you and had a bad day, would you not extend them mm-hmm. compassion and love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And often we forget that in our healing journey, we feel we're, we're supposed to get over things in a particular timeline. You know, we're supposed to get over those uncomfortable emotions very quickly. And a lot of times you can't really predict how long you will take to get over a particular phase. So it is about a lot of surrender. But my next question is about how do you come to a point where you realize how much to do and then where to surrender and where to let go and let God? I think this spiritual work is about surrendering every single day. Mm -hmm. I think it is that simple. I also believe that we're still human beings existing in this realm, in this world, in this human body, and we have things to do still. Mm-hmm. So there is a balance, right? There is a, hey, you know what, right now I'm going to pause on this work because I have things to do. I have a job that I have. I have a business that I have responsibilities mm-hmm. that, that I have responsibilities in or I have people I'm responsible for. And these are the things that are required today for those said things that I've agreed to do, right? Mm-hmm. So life is also about a series of commitments and responsibilities. And so that's also part of the work. The work is also going back into the real world or the matrix or the 3D, whatever you want to call it, and existing. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't do both, then what is the point of the work? What's the point of the healing if you can't take what you've learned, integrate it back into the world? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it is like, hey, you know what? God, universe, source, creator, I need a break today. And guess what? That's okay. (laughs) Again, compassion and grace. Compassion, grace, and love. Yeah. And also being aware of the fact that we're here for a human experience and we are going to live life sometimes. And also it's okay to get mad or have a breakdown or get into an argument with a loved one. Like these are all parts of it. You know, healing Mm -hmm. is beautiful chaos. Mm -hmm. That's what healing work is. Healing is messing up or doing something that you're not proud of and seeing how you react. That is the work. It's not meditating all day. Absolutely. And allowing yourself, you know, that space where you just lash out at somebody, no matter how spiritual you are, because one of the things that I hear quite often from clients is, did I ruin this? Like, I lost my temper, or I was rude to somebody, or I had this negative spiral for like, half a day. Am I ruining my manifestations? And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) that's not I love that you just said that because I do the same thing to myself, right? Mm-hmm. I have this like self-righteous conversation with, oh, I'm a coach. Oh, I'm spiritual. Oh, I'm not supposed to get mad. Oh, I'm not. That's such bullshit. Excuse my language. <laughs> but you know, like it is like, you know, who, who am I? But I'm just a human being, right? And, and, and these are the perfect opportunities for us to be you know, where we get to do more surrender, where we get to heal more, where we get to extend more compassion to other people that we love. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and you don't ruin your manifestations because you're human. You ruin them when you stop believing. You ruin them when you don't surrender. You ruin them when you're constantly trying to control things. That's when you ruin them. And even then you're not ruining them because it's perfect. It's all perfect. Mm-hmm. You might delay it, mm-hmm. but you're not going to stop it. What's for you, for you. Mm-hmm. And I suppose once we can just let go of this need to be perfect in our healing journey, it sort of becomes more easy, more freeing, more liberating. And then that's when these events lose control over us. And we can just like ease into things and things come more easily. I mean, I'm not perfect all the time. I teach people this stuff. I'm sure you're not, just like you mentioned right now. And it's not going to ruin anything because I mean, the universe doesn't thankfully deliver right away. There is a certain time lag, which works in our favor. Divine timing. Divine timing is, is mm-hmm. Absolutely. such a beautiful thing because divine timing is, is what forces us to surrender. Absolutely. If you think, think about this, mm-hmm. well, number one, I want to go back on something. First off, there is no perfection in healing. There's no perfect way to heal. There's no, this is how it looks to be someone who's doing it and who's on a healing path. But that, that doesn't exist. Whatever that is, whoever thought that that is something that isn't real. Number one. Number two, I want to ask you this. If you got everything you wanted exactly when you thought that you needed it, mm-hmm. would you actually be fulfilled? Would you actually be happy? Mm-hmm. Here's another question. Now, what if I let go of that timeline and I said, you know what? I surrender everything because I know that if I give up everything, sacrifice everything that I think I want, what you have for me is greater than I could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Times infinity. Well, I'd rather have that if I had to choose. I mean, we, we can't see what the universe can see for us. And isn't that how it's designed? Why would you want, I mean, what's the point of living if you already knew what God had planned? You wouldn't be alive if that was the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I loved what one of my mentors said that, you know, I'm not here to play God. I love that. I think that healers sometimes get caught up in that. Though. Healers sometimes try to play the hero and yeah. play God. Because yeah. they're like, oh, I've done all this work. And it's like, yeah, you've done the work so you can go back and support other people in doing the work. That's the point. It's not to claim you know, because I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know shit. And that's what I've learned about this work <laughs> is that a lot, the more that I do this, the less I feel I know. That is so true. That is so true. But in that case, how do you deal with so-called rejections or failures? Because it requires you to be resilient. I know this is also a part of surrendering, but it's not. Surrender doesn't come easy all the time. Surrendering is the hardest thing that I personally deal with on a daily basis because I am a type A, ambitious driven, controlling ass woman. Okay. <laughs> surrendering is so hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's also been such a beautiful experience because when I'm brought to my knees, when I think I want something right now and I'm in tears, because this still happens to me, I probably break down once a week if I'm in close with you. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't get a response I wanted from someone I love or you know, didn't get the job I thought that I was supposed to get or whatever. And in that moment, as much as it might feel painful, there's also such bliss in those tears mm-hmm. because I'm again acknowledging and inviting in that unconditional love from God and from the source, from creator, right? 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know better than me. Those tears are a symbol of me saying, you know better than me. Mm-hmm. And I trust you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Tears are also me saying that like, I don't know. I don't actually know. And I'm sorry that I thought that I knew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And choosing to trust, even in those moments when, you know, you're lying on the floor and you're a mess and you have tears rolling down your face and saying, I still trust your plan more than I do, you know, more than I trust mine. Yes, I love that. That's exactly it. I, I, and also, right. So I think there's another thing that like, I think we forget to on this journey. At least I don't want to speak for the entire healing collective, but I will just say this in a broad way we don't play enough. We don't have enough fun. We get so serious on this path. We're like, I'm doing this heavy work. I'm releasing these traumas from my childhood. It's heavy work. You know, mm-hmm. I was abandoned as a child, whatever. And these are, these are serious matters. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But like, it doesn't have to consume you. It doesn't have to be the only thing you do every single day. Like there's also like, go ice skating, go on a hike, go bungee jumping, go skydive, like go do, go rollerblade, go skating. Like there's also like the inner child that we can't forget and neglect mm-hmm. because play and curiosity and joy are the things that actually expedite the manifestation process. Cause that is not, if that's not an act of surrender, mm-hmm. what, what else is mm-hmm. I love your life, enjoying yourself, having fun, laughing. I mean, what's the point of living if you're not able to do those things? <laughs> I know. I love that you mentioned that because in my experience, yeah, I've been through that zone where I've been, oh my God, am I doing this right? Am I not doing this right? There's so much to be healed. And then you forget that, you know, if we're talking about the inner child and we're talking about the trauma, there's also a a fun way to do this. Like if we have to go through the hard times anyway, might as well find avenues to, you know, just fall on our ass and laugh about it and laugh over it. Yeah. And like, honestly, you know, think about, okay. And also think about this. I'm also a huge, okay, so with manifestation, one thing that I'm also embedding in my own practice is constantly finding evidence of the thing that I want, the feeling that I want to feel as a result of getting the thing that I want, right? Mm-hmm. When you when you get, when you finally meet the person that you want to marry or your lover for manifesting that, or you finally get the job that you manifesting, you finally get the amount of money that you thought that you wanted or whatever, we're always connecting, manifestation is about connecting to the feeling of having those things, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't, those fun activities that I just mentioned, don't those give you that same feeling, right? So you're actually activating and jumping timelines when you have fun, when you go play. Mm-hmm. You're activating that feeling that you want to feel from those said manifestations becoming a reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And often that is so difficult to do because in a way it makes us feel that we're losing control and we always want to be in control. But that also tells the universe in a way that I don't trust you because if I let go of that steering wheel, I don't know what's going to be, what's going to happen. Where is it headed? That's right. Like fall, get, jump off the bridge. Like, you know what I mean? Like every day, how can I fall today? How can I jump off the bridge today? How can I? Yeah. Right? Because that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, be out of control. That's mm-hmm. exactly it. Beautiful chaos. That's healing. That's surrender. Yeah. Because again, I trust your way more than mine. I recognize that you have planned for me is way freaking better. You know, you might say, well, I want to manifest a six-figure job. But universe is like, okay, but I want you, I'm going to give you this job that is, you know, I don't know, $50,000 more. 
I'm relocating you because actually your soulmate's in this city. Mm-hmm. And also I have this house that I know that you really want in this city here with the person that you love and a job that pays more. But you want to stay where you're at right now so you can get the job that you want the way that you think you want it mm-hmm. while also staying and being alone. Right. So that's just one example, right? Like, mm-hmm. so you get the job, but then you're still alone and miserable because now you want love. And then you're just like, I have all the things you want, but I'm going to require you to trust me right now because actually it's in a different city. Mm-hmm. So I actually need you to relocate so I can give you not just a job that pays more and that you love, but also this house that you, didn't, that you really want. And also, oh, by the way, you're still mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're so stuck right here. Mm-hmm. You're not right now. You're getting it the way you want it. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose that control, that need to control also feeds into that resistance, which stops us from tuning into our intuition, because I truly believe that intuition always makes sense after, not while we have that instinct to do something crazy. Because honestly, in my life, 100% of the times, all those crazy, wild, intuitive ideas have always paid off, no matter where I was, no matter what I did. But in that moment, it always seemed crazy, scary, and it didn't make a lot of sense to other people around me. So yeah, you're right. Like the universe has the shortest route for us. It's got that Google map, which none of us can see, but often we can't trust in the universe enough. And that comes from us not being comfortable with uncertainty, with not knowing, I suppose. Absolutely. That that was so well put. We make it harder. Mm -hmm. The more we resist, the more we try to control, we make it harder. We sometimes delay the process and we create our own sadness, our own anger, our own feelings of resentment because we're trying to control so much. And think about like, if you wanted to hear from somebody, like I always, this is a great example, right? Like when I book jobs and I'm on set and I'm doing what I love, like as a host or an actor, and I completely, like I let go of time and I'm just on, I'm playing. And then I come back and I got a text from somebody that I want to receive a text from. How instantaneous it is. Mm-hmm. Like the moment I let go and went and did something that I love, mm-hmm. the thing I wanted happened at the same time, but I wasn't really concerned about it. So I was happy, but it was like, God's like, oh, wait, this thing is over here waiting for you. The thing that you want. Mm-hmm. But you can also have this other thing that you want if you just let go, let go of it, let go of what you think it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can have it all and more. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, I would love to know about one of your best manifestations and how did it come about? Because you seem to have a very interesting life. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, I think I'm still in the process right now of manifesting a lot of really awesome things. Um, and I'm in the midst of one right now. So I, I want to protect that and I will, I still bring it up though. Cause I think it's important. Um, I am working on a big project mm-hmm. that I really started the, the seeds were really planted back in 20, I want to say 16, 2015. Mm-hmm. And I worked on it for a little bit for maybe, you know, a few months, um, maybe three to six months set it down Mm -hmm. and then I got a divine download Mm -hmm. about a month into the pandemic to pick it back up Mm -hmm. created a kind of a presentation of this this project of sorts and 
now um, that was 2020 at the end of 2021 i'm in the I'm, we're about to close like the first aspect of this deal and it, it is a multimedia deal in the entertainment industry that's all i can really say but the point is that this is a it's a big one it's a big one that i've been thinking about and working on for years and i i can say effortlessly at least now it's just unfolding and it's been rather easy mm-hmm. And it is absolutely an example of divine timing. Wow. And I was absolutely not ready for what's happening now in 2016. I can tell you that right now. There's no way that I was ready for this in 2016. <sighs> Nor was I mature enough to handle what's happening right now. It is, it is a project. It is an entity mm-hmm. that is changing my life and will change my life and will change the lives of millions of people. And it's actually happening. And I cannot wait to come back and tell you about what it is. But this is definitely probably one of the biggest things I've manifested for sure. I mean, outside of motherhood, I think that's another one. But that one, I think, is a little bit less big because I think I've known since I was a little girl that I wanted to be a mom. Mm-hmm. So I think motherhood is more of a, um, it's something that I've already accepted, right? I've already surrendered to it. And I love being a mom. Um, I'm smiling because I'm like, I love being a mom. Um, but this, this project is probably one of those things where you're like, oh, wow. Okay. This is happening. Wow. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to get back and, you know, figure, find out what this is all about. But since you mentioned motherhood and you coach moms specifically, why that? Like why moms? Moms deserve more in every way. Moms are underserved in every aspect in the medical world we're underserved emotionally we're underserved mentally we're, we're underserved and physically we're underserved mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily a bad thing women are strong women can do many many things mm-hmm. and bringing life into the world is one of those big things that we do mm-hmm. but with that because there's this death that happens and because there is literally a complete sacrifice of self to support the same life People automatically assume, oh, well, you know, she's got it or they've got it. Mm-hmm. And I see that gap. Becoming a mom now and I have a three-year-old, I see that gap. And I'm like, I need to find a way to fill it with my specific skills. And for me, coaching is one of those ways. There are many other things that I will do and get to do. This is the start of it. And I look forward to partnering with different entities and groups and, and companies to continue to serve moms on a larger scale because we're always going to need more support than what we already have. I believe that. And I'm, I'm committed. I think it's part of my life's work for sure. How amazing is that? That's brilliant. And another question that I had actually prepared for you before getting onto this, um, this session was that does being a woman of color makes it different for you in the world, like in all the roles that you play professionally? Being a Black woman absolutely changed my experience. I think that really came up during the pandemic with all of everything that came up, not just with coronavirus, but with the unrest that happened in this country and really globally, right? There was a global impact, you know, regarding some Mm. of the violence that has happened in this country. And it was was my real, it was my first kind of uh, my first very painful look at that aspect of myself I can say honestly as an adult woman I mean 
where I was really like, okay, yeah, this is this is something that I really need to step into and, and accept and deal with and and, and deal with this pain. Because it, it's a generational pain, ancestral pain that got resurfaced, resurfaced for me specifically and for the collective. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's definitely changing my experiences. I think even in my coaching business, my, my, my intention would be to work with more women of color. My intention would be to serve mm-hmm. more black moms, right? Because, mm-hmm. well, you want to talk about underserved. Black mm-hmm. moms are severely underserved. I mean, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And don't get me started about maternal mortality rates in the black community because then we'll be on a whole other podcast <laughs> um and breastfeeding black breastfeeding i mean i could go on for hours so um mm-hmm. it's changed my experience it's been it's inspired me and it's dragging me more i would say to be of service to use all the feeling work as we're talking about to be of service in the world and so um i was talking with one of my friends who's also a healer and you know i was telling her i was like i don't desire to just be like a healer and like it'd be a service that i offer and people pay me i was like i want to take this work and bring it into the mainstream world mm-hmm. and i want to disrupt it but i want to almost be like in disguise right like i want to take this work mm-hmm. and i want to go in and exist in the world because i want to make a huge impact it's not that there's anything wrong with people who or just, you know, who are, are like, I'm a healer and this is what I do. I am a healer. I, I, I will absolutely claim that. Mm-hmm. I just want to take it and I want to bring it to a larger, I want to have a larger platform. Yeah. And I think being a Black woman is, is part of that and is, is part of what's driving me to do that. And it's part of me wanting to have a bigger stage. Because, with the, yeah, there just needs, there needs, there's more cleanup to do. There is, there is so much more to do. Yeah. And, um, but I'm also excited, right? Like, again, this is heavy, but it's also exciting because people mm-hmm. are waking up. So here's the positive thing. Because of the pandemic, because of all the civil unrest, the racial unrest, the violence, right? People are waking up. So maybe not everyone wants to go on a deep healing journey that you and I are going on, but they want some sort of healing. They're seeking it. They're begging for it. So this is our, our opportunity as healers, whether you're a woman of a person of color or not, to step up and provide that space and those tools mm-hmm. to help people wake up and get out of this construct that we've been down by, mm-hmm. right? So that's the positive thing. Mm-hmm. It is. It absolutely is. And I suppose you doing the work that you are doing is going to inspire so many other women of color to see somebody like you doing this and be like, hey, maybe I can do this. And why I asked this question specifically is because when I was going to start out as a manifestation coach, I was like, I don't know any brown woman because I'm from India doing this and being successful at it. I see a lot of white people doing this. And that was surprisingly one of the biggest resistance that came up for me. I mean, there were a lot more, but I did not even know that this existed for me. And I was like, I don't think I can be successful at it. But of course, I kept going. And now I see a lot of examples. And I think one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this episode was because I want to set that example for women like me, for people of color that, you know, hey, we can do anything we want. Absolutely. And I think also, you know, you brought up a great point. You're like, I don't know if I can be successful in this space. It's like, one thing I wanted to say, and I started to touch on it earlier, but one thing I would extend to you and to me is let's constantly find evidence of the thing that we want mm-hmm. to become true. Because there's actually evidence that you can create your reality, the thing that you want now. So for example, uh, 
and I talked about this on my stories last night. I was on set yesterday on a big lot here in LA mm-hmm. for a big brand, which I can't talk about when I want to. Mm-hmm. But the point is that I was on, I was honest, at one point we were on the stage, a sound stage that the Grinch was shot in with Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. And it was in that moment that I was like, oh my God, I'm living in a physical manifestation of something that I was working on 10 years ago, five years ago, you know, maybe two weeks ago, I was wanting this. I want to be on set more. I want to be doing bigger jobs. I want to work with big brands. I want to, you know, and, and then I was like, oh my God, the same energy that Jim Carrey had to cultivate to manifest that movie, this soundstage is the same energy that I cultivated to book this job and be here on the same exact soundstage. Oh shit. This is manifestation. <laughs> it is. Right. So I was like, oh, okay. So this is, this is evidence. So yeah, maybe it's not, maybe I had, like, and I said this last time, maybe I haven't quote unquote made it in Hollywood yet, but I did make it yesterday. There was a version of me that made it and was on that frequency mm-hmm. to be where I was at in that moment. Mm-hmm. So why are we not looking at those pieces of evidence to further us on the timeline for where we want to go? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Looking at the journey and sort of acknowledging every little step that every step is part of it and when you acknowledge that the universe like okay cool she's she's got it she's learning got it let me give her a little bit more Mm -hmm. because she's acknowledging and she's grateful let me give her a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and so on and so forth so instead of and i'm not serious i think it's always great to find models of what you want meaning i love oprah i want to create a big brand like oprah but i'm not oprah and i haven't done that yet so yes that's a great model but i also get to lean into my own life to find evidence that I already have that same energy and frequency to Mm -hmm. step into my own destiny on that level, which yesterday was an example of that, right? So we get to use the models as inspiration. And then we get to use ourselves Mm -hmm. as the physical model, as the physical being that's already created physical evidence of the things that we want the most. Mm -hmm. We need to stop looking outside of ourselves for things that we already have inside. Wow. So that's my challenge for us is that to find evidence for what you actually want, because I promise you there's some in there. I promise you there's evidence already. I promise. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's what creates the momentum. That's it. And momentum is the most powerful energy in manifesting. Momentum is everything. So either we can look for evidence of what's not happening yet and be important and want to control things, or just look at the evidence every day that we're moving towards what we want. And of course, I know it's a cliche, but often once we get what we want, we just, it's not so satisfying as the journey is. I don't know if that makes sense, you know, but we look back at the journey and we're like, wow, like that was something. Journey is everything. And also furthermore, I want to add to that. Mm-hmm. If we are constantly in gratitude, if we are frequent, if our frequency is that of gratitude, mm-hmm. I would I would challenge that that when you finally get the thing you want, you will actually be grateful because along the way you've noticed and acknowledged what it's taken to get there. So in that moment that you're sitting in your five bedroom, beautiful multi million dollar home in Malibu or wherever, mm-hmm. you are actually like, oh my goodness, shit, I did it. And this feels amazing because along the way mm-hmm. you were acknowledging mm-hmm. and we're in the frequency of gratitude. So when you finally got it, it felt so, it feels, it constantly feels so good. But if you forget those steps, you might 
get that thing still, but you're going to be miserable. Yeah. Because you're right. The journey is the beauty. The journey is what feels good because you're surrendering to it. So that when those little moments happen, like yesterday, they, you're like, they feel good. Mm -hmm. It almost like instantaneously puts you where you want to go. You jump timelines because you're in that state of gratitude. And I suppose in the end, like at a certain point, you realize it has always been about the journey. It was never really about that outcome. I mean, you reach there, but like you mentioned earlier, we always want to feel something by getting what we want. So it's about cultivating those emotions on the way anyway. Yes, that's it. And those emotions and those feelings, those are, those are what also ground us in the human experience. That's why we chose to be human. We decided to be human. We all made a choice to be human, right? And so, yeah, you might be someone who has a higher calling and you might want to live a more spiritual life. But even if you're the most spiritual person here, you still chose to be a human being. And humans are human beings. We are emotional beings. But like, that's, what we, that's what we do or we be robots. Mm-hmm. So if you're not connected to that mm-hmm. part of yourself, your somatic body, as we call it, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not living. Yeah. So emotions are not the enemies. They're not the enemy. And I think that's the thing too, is like, that's what I'm saying. Like as equally as you want to feel joy, when you lean into pain. Without, right? ju- without judgment. Mm-hmm. Without judgment. There's yeah. actually, there's actually like, that there's actually kind of a joy in that there's a joy in pain when you let go of the shame and guilt around it mm-hmm. and it also it it, it uh dissolves mm-hmm. it dissipates much quicker mm-hmm. when you stop trying to label and judge it yes absolutely true because it's about being present with whatever comes up because often we understand the concept of presence in a very biased way, like we want to be present for the good things, but not for <laughs> the so-called bad things or the tough phases or the discomfort. Exactly. And I think if we look at it all, if we stop, if we remove all the labeling, I mean, and the presence is neutrality. Mm-hmm. So if we have, if we, enter, if we continue to look at things from that space, that space, pain, joy, anger, all these things, right? They kind of, they all just are mm-hmm. there's no label or scale and even spiritual people we get caught up in the scale too oh. we're like oh well joy weighs more than anger no it doesn't it's <laughs> all the same it's all the same absolutely wow it's been one amazing conversation with you so what would you want to leave the listeners with if there's one thing that you would want to tell somebody who's probably listening to this is struggling to manifest their desires is struggling in life in general. We're going through a very unusual time. What would your message be? Everything that you want and desire is already inside of you. And when we trust in our own intuition, the life that we get to create is much grander and beautiful than we could have ever imagined. And on the hard days, surrender, let go, extend yourself so much compassion, so much love, so much grace, and, and take that and apply it, not just to yourself, but everyone around you. Love it. Thank you so much for your time, Diana. And before we leave, where can people find you? Right now, I'm primarily operating on Instagram. So my coaching page is at 
coach Diana, and that's D-I-O-N-N-A. And then my main handle is at Diana Chambers, D-I-O-N-N-A-C-H-A-M-B-E-R-S. And you can DM me on either one. And that's how I'm currently serving women and moms. Perfect. Thank you so much once again. Thank you so much for having me.